Bonjour, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. <laughs> my name is Colin, I'm the C with me, or should I say avec, <laughs> avec moi, is uh, Zijan the Z. <laughs> Hello Zijan, how are you? Oh wow, Colin. Did you know? Just one week in France and that's all you came back with, huh? Well, yeah, I, I, I toyed with doing the whole thing in French and I realised I, I don't know how to speak French. Uh, uh, yeah. Bonjour. Um, yes, as, as, as you allude to, I have spent a week in France. I'm now uh, continent. Now you're fluent in French. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't understand what uh, it's like to pick up a second language, Zijan. This is how it does. Yeah, definitely, definitely <laughs> not. Whatsoever. It's not like I've been working for a French company for the past. I don't know, seven years, eight years. I was thinking more that you you moved to England, but uh, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw you took a lot of pictures about on benches. Uh, I did. I took some pictures of benches. Uh, the French, it seems, in this particular part of France, at least, like to plant plant benches, put benches uh, right next to trees. So rather than looking out at a, have a nice view, you get to look at a tree. Maybe it was a very nice tree, Colin. Have you considered that? Uh, it was a lovely tree. <laughs> Maybe that was. It was a famous tree. Mm-hmm, exactly. You never know. I don't know. Uh, listeners, if you know of any famous French trees, <laughs> then keep it to yourself. No one cares. Um, <laughs> <laughs> today, we are talking about trilogies. Um, we are also talking about Tom Hanks films. We've got a little quiz on Catherine Bigelow films and much, 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 much more. more. Uh, we start as ever with the news, um, and you've told me you want me to start the news this week. You know? Yes, because you have much, much more news much, than much I Much, much more. Um, let's start with some Colin-based news, shall we? Uh, oh, is it Colin Trevorrow? That's Trevor? the one. Trevorrow, I think. Trevorrow? He's out. Trevor. He's gone. Star Wars Episode Nine is no longer going to be a Colin-based uh, film. Uh, yeah. This follows uh, the the firing, uh, as you may recall, or, or possibly mutual blah blah blah, of um, well Philip Lord and Christopher Miller, or possibly Christopher Lord and Philip Miller. I can remember uh, from the Han Solo film. It follows Josh Trank being kicked out of Star Wars film a while ago. This is uh, well. The official statement is that there are differing visions, right? It it always is, isn't it? Um, yeah. Apparently, there are like other directors now linked to the job. Oh yes. Yeah. They're, so it's J.J. Abrams and Rian Johnson. So basically, episode 7 and episode 8 directors. Because so, J.J. Abrams has said that he wished he was directing episode 8. So maybe he'll come back. I don't know. It, it seemed an odd thing. Clearly, um, the, the powers that be at Star Wars. But, uh, I've forgotten the names. Kath- Kathleen Kennedy and someone else. Clearly, they've got their idea of what they want it to be like. And they're not brooking much uh, in the way of alternative ideas. And what's the point of getting a director then? Like... Well, yeah, that's weird. If you don't want their point of view. That's the thing, because Colin Trevorrow had barely done anything. I mean, he'd done Jurassic World, obviously, but um, he'd made like three films, maybe. He, he did um, a great film called Safety Not Guaranteed. And he did one called Book of Henry, I think, this year, which didn't do very well. Uh, but yeah, they clearly just wanted him as a, a young director who's not going to kick up too much fuss. It's not like they're getting a James Cameron in or, or something like that who's going to, or David Fincher. They kind of clearly just want to have a young guy who's going to do what they want, they want to do, and it didn't, it, didn't pan out. So, which begs the next question, do they actually need a director? Do you really need a director if you really know where you want the story to hit? You know, um, why, what's the point of having a director then? You know what you want, just do it then. You need someone to tell people where to put the cameras, I don't know. Although it's weird, I guess on Han Solo film, they didn't get in any young guy they could boss around. They got in Ron Howard, who's a, he's a very experienced director. So that's a curious choice. Hmm. So yeah, I... I because Ryan Johnson again, he's made a few films, but he's not made huge. JJ Abrams has been around the block, but um, 
but maybe well and Josh Trank before he was a very new director so I wonder whether they'll continue their new uh, young director's concept or whether they'll say right let's let's get in let's, 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 let's do our own Spiel, directing Spielberg he's the, he's the one we want <laughs> good luck with that yeah. what's Spielberg doing now anyway oh yeah Ready Player Ready One Ready Player One that's his big thing yeah big yeah, yeah. directors oh yes Suicide Squad has finally found his director it has yeah yep and the winning candidate is Gavin O'Connor who apparently is best known for Warrior, which yep. I've not heard of, and The Accountant, which was a total box office flop, wasn't it? Well, it, it, it didn't do well at the box office, but they've still got a sequel in the works, or at least they're talking about it. So, it, I thought it wasn't bad, actually. He got a bit he got a bit silly in the second half, but um, yeah, Ben Affleck, Anna, one of Anna Kendrick's better performances. Uh, Warrior, I haven't seen, but uh, it's a fighting film. Uh, he also did Jane Got a Gun. Apparently... Is doing the new Green Hornet. Did you know there's a new Green Hornet? No, is that white? What? <laughs> yeah, this came. As, I was on his IMDb today. Came as something a surprise to me. They're making Green Hornet again. That's odd. Why? Uh, <laughs> for, for the money, I guess. <laughs> uh, the, the the first one was, yeah. It was better than I, I thought it was going to be based on the response. I, I watched it kind of quite late, and uh, I I saw it on my flight. On a flight somewhere. It was slightly odd in that the Green Hornet, as played by Seth Rogen, didn't really do anything at all. It was all his um, his servant guy. Jay Chow. That's the one. Um, I guess people have vaguely heard of it and DC are making lots of films. Um, they are and they're just chucking everything. Yeah, throw, the throw it at the wall, yeah, exactly. Well, they've, they've learned that if you make enough films, one of them is going to be good. <laughs> From Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> do, you think, do you think Suicide Squad 2 is going to be another of those great films? It depends on, um, you know, how many numbers, <laughs> how many films do you need to make before they get a good yeah. one. I suspect yeah. that Suicide Squad 2 is not going to be, uh, is not going to be one, of the, one of the greats. Law of Averages and all that. Um, see, Jam, you probably thought there was going to be a film of your life at some stage. No. No. <laughs> the, the sequel to The Accountant called The Actuary, maybe. We- uh, definitely not. No. <laughs> Run, run, run. Have you ever studied improv, Zijan? Yes, and you know you got to go with what I'm doing. <laughs> unless, unless, unless one day you know I develop, you know, well, in the in the accountant, he was like a, an agent or a spy or something, right? He developed yeah. skills, right? Yeah, yeah. He worked for the so, CIA as well as being an accountant. Um, yeah, exactly. So one day, if I was working for the CIA, then yes, okay, by all means, run with do a me. Film Good, about okay. Were you hoping that Ed Scrine would play you in that film? Because <laughs> he's not going to do it. It's not going to happen. He's got. Yes, he will. He's got. He's got a line in the sand, and he will not play Asian characters. Um, That's good, though. So yes. Yeah, so for the people who don't know, what I'm talking about Ed Scrine or possibly Screen, who no one's ever heard of, uh, it's dropped out of Deadpool two after discovering that the character he was due to play, whose name escapes me now, uh, is part Japanese. I got that right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. The thing is, if he was a more famous actor. Yeah. You know, it, the impact would be greater, I guess. Whereas now it's it's a bitty part, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not huge, but I, I think I mean, if I'm being cynical, no one's ever heard of this guy before, and now everyone thinks he's pretty great. So he's he's done himself a favor. But because the argument often goes, so things like Scarlett Johansson in, in Ghost in the Shell or Matt, yeah, Matt Damon in that, The Great Wall, or something. The argument is, well, we need a big name actor, and there aren't any big name Chinese actors or whatever else, which obviously isn't true. But but, <laughs> but there aren't any who can open a film in the in the Western box office. But no one, no one's going to see a film because Red Scrine's in it. 
Especially, yeah, and it's going to be a small part anyway. I assume yeah. people are going to watch it for Deadpool. Yeah. So it's not like he he's basic. It's not like he's changing the world with this, but um, still good on him though. It's not like I don't. I'm not going to try to take this away from him. No. It's good. Okay. Yeah, good on him for doing this, but still, you know that. Imagine yeah. if they now recast it with another non-Japanese actor. It's gonna. <laughs> how many people are gonna drop out before? Uh, before they say fine. Before they cast. There, there's so many. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are good Asian American actors out there. Yeah, or even just regular Asian actors. They don't have to be Asian American. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So, um, I don't see why they're struggling so hard to get. Well, did you hear anything about um, Chloe Bennett, who plays Sky in Agents of Shield? This isn't. Yeah, the... I just realised that she's half Asian. As I had well. no idea. But yeah, apparently she changed her name from Chloe Wang and suddenly yeah. started getting offers. Yeah, her her dad is Chinese and her mom is uh, Caucasian. So let me take you back, CJ, to that time that you got rejected for a role in the Star Wars film. <laughs> Do you think if you'd gone in as Zijan Smith, you would have got the role? Is that? I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. It was definitely my last name that was a problem. <laughs> uh, tough break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, good on him, as I said. Yeah. But... Fair play. Well done, Ed. Speaking of. of um, of of white people, uh, and con- <laughs> speaking of white people, we were speaking. We weren't speaking about white people. Ed Scrine's white, um, and controversial casting. Apparently, some white guy is going to be in Aladdin, and people aren't happy. Uh, as who though? Uh, I think a new character. But even so, there there are no Caucasians in uh, in the original Aladdin, which is quite racist at times. Um, uh, what the original Aladdin? Well, the, yeah, the, the Disney cartoon is pretty. <laughs> Pretty racist well, bits in it because uh, they 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 fit in all the stereotypes about yeah, the Eastern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the yeah people aren't happy that some white guys in it. Although it, I guess it really depends who he's playing and what what's happening. It feels, it's it's got to be like Jake Gyllenhaal in Prince of Persia. Yeah, I mean, it's not like that. I, I don't think he's playing a ladder or anything. But if he's playing a character who is Caucasian, why couldn't you hire a Caucasian? Yeah. Well, I can understand why people are outraged with that. Yeah. I mean. I mean. Yeah. I know. I know it could be a small character. Uh, it could be a bitty yeah. character, but I I do understand. I mean, like, if if you grew up only watching TV and films with only white actors in it, yeah, you just assume that you know that's the norm, well, but that's not the norm. Fairness, you can get it's true, it's true. Uh, Aladdin looks like it's got a very multi uh, multi ethnic cast. In fact, mm. even yeah. even, we'll, even the genie is now uh, is now black. It's Will Smith, so mm. like Shazam, wasn't there a genie called Shazam who was black? Yes, there was. Um, I can't remember who played him, but maybe that that was how they got that inspiration from. Maybe, although he's probably blue in this case. Um, if he's going to be the same as the previous genie, but there you go. Uh, enough of such things. Do you have any more news? Uh, <laughs> do you do you know, Colin? Oh yes. What the comic world's first headlining heroine is? First headlining heroine. Yes. Um, was it? Uh, Wonder Woman. No, it was actually Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Okay. And they are apparently making a live-action film of it. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Which which jungle is Sheena the queen of? Is this a- uh, she's still queen of a jungle. Okay. Is this uh, an African jungle or a South American jungle? That's a good question. I have no idea. Fair because enough. I know I now follow the 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 comic books. Cause, okay. So it was launched in 1933, so it's quite a long time ago, and... Obviously, Sheena has not gained any of the same accolades as her DC and Marvel counterparts. All right. So, what uh, is this? Uh, what, what, think, what comic book is this? Is this uh, just a its own imprint? Or is this? 
Yeah, I think it's her own one. Okay. I need to go check it. Give me Google it for a while. Okay. While you talk about it. <laughs> no, but it's basically about... Uh, it's like Tarzan, really. Because um, she was an orphan, but she was raised in the jungle. They're all orphans. Every single one of them's an orphan. Name you a, sound very bitter, Colin. Name a superhero who's not an orphan. Uh, um, <laughs> hold on, I know some. <laughs> yep, I can wait. Let me get there. <laughs> No, sure. <laughs> I, I can cut down some of this gap. Um, yeah, you probably should, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Is, is Wonder Woman, her mother's still around? Her mother's still around, yeah. yeah. there you go. Done for. <laughs> so, she, uh, so, it was published by Fiction House. Fiction House. That's there you go. Good name. I've not heard of fiction. Um, okay, fair enough. I, I look forward to that, I guess. Will you really? Well, in a purely chronological sense, it's happening in the future. Um, <laughs> yeah, my, I, I mean, because the thing is, like, Suicide Squad 2, which I'm almost certain is going to be bad, I will still definitely watch. Um, whereas, Why? I don't know, Dijon. I don't know. We don't have to review it, Colin. You know, <laughs> we are in charge of our podcast. You can, we can decide what films we want to review, and, you know, we can decide on watching good films I can't, and review good films. I can't not watch it. Yes, you can. <laughs> Believe in yourself, I Colin. I don't have the strength. <laughs> the best I can do is not see it on opening night, maybe. Tom Cruise isn't in it, so you have no excuse. Oh, I love Tom Cruise. Um, more Star Wars news. Um, Paul Bettany has joined the cast of the Han Solo film. Yeah. Teaming up with Ron Howard again after their, uh, their work in A Beautiful Mind together. That's a long time ago, though. It's a long time ago. He becomes one of the... Uh, one of the people, I'm going to say relatively few, I've not really thought about it, crossing over from the MCU to Star Wars. That can't happen very often, can it? Well, it's still all Disney, isn't it? Yeah, it's all the same, uh, all the mouse house these days. I guess Samuel L. Jackson, he did both, didn't he? Um, yeah, so not surprised. So not, he's not a pioneer, but he's, he's doing a bit of both. I'm not, I don't think we know what role he's playing yet. What? Is even McGregor going to be in it? Uh, I don't think so. Although the, uh, In fact, he's not even officially signed up for the Obi-Wan spin-off. Do you remember Zijan last time we recorded? I I said on on the air that I would give Simon a free ticket to Star Wars. Uh, yes, if he could tell me which character Obi Wan was. Yes, uh, he texted me to let me know that he could not. Um, <laughs> he I, I, I haven't got it in front of me, but he said something like he's not the robot or the bear, so I don't know which one he is. No, Simon. <laughs> well, you should give him half a ticket then. It was pretty close. He ruled out. To, it was. Was it Freebot? Maybe it was a uh, wheelie bin or something. Anyway, well, um, it's true though. He's true though. He's correct. He's technically correct. He's, he's, uh, yes. Obi Wan is not a robot or a bear. It's very true. Uh, unless the unless the uh, spin off has some very surprising things to tell us. <laughs> Maybe he's a robot all along. Uh, uh, let's. Oh no, no, please don't. That would be disappointing. <laughs> Um, minor, minor-ish news, but um, Justice League. Apparently, Joss Whedon is getting a screenwriting credit, so it's confirming what we, uh, as he should, what do. we thought that he's not just pointing a camera; he's writing a fair bit of extra stuff for it. It's probably changing everything. It's probably not going to look like you know a Zack Snyder film. Yes. Soon. Um, confirmation, as if we didn't know that Shia LaBeouf isn't going to be in the next Indiana Jones film. Um, uh, finally. <laughs> Did you hear there's going to be a, a female Lord of the Flies remake? Oh, yes, I have and heard of that. People are not happy. Um, yeah. Are they as unhappy as the people who are unhappy with the Ghostbusters remake? Well, about the same, but it's different people. So so the, the Ghostbusters remake, there was a bunch of men who love Ghostbusters who were getting really annoyed, and the women were kind of 
the women, all the women, uh, were, were mocking them and saying, why why you're not on board with this. Now it seems to have switched, and a lot of women are very angry about the uh, female Lord of the Flies. Well, mm. I, I, I can't understand that. I've read Lord of Flies before. Okay. And it, you have you read it? Yes. Yeah, and it wasn't the funnest of books to read, I have to say. No. But surely the whole point of the book was to demonstrate, you know, what what men get up to when they are stranded. Well, it's all about this toxic masculinity, right? Toxic masculinity, apparently so. Uh, apparently women who would all just get on well together and everything would be fine. Well, who knows? Uh, I, I personally don't think that a film that features 10 people necessarily has to be representative of the entire people. I, I don't think, for example, if you and I and eight others were stranded on an island, we'd all end up killing each other. Um, yeah, well, depends who I'm stranded with. I'm just, being, I'm just amused by the fact that people who got very upset about people getting upset and now getting upset themselves. It's all very... The internet, okay? Everyone's very angry about everything. It's the new world, isn't it? Get offended. Um, yeah, I, just, I don't really care. Make the film, <laughs> whatever. Um, I probably won't watch it. You know this um, Ocean's 8 film? That's taking ages to come out, isn't it? When is it supposed to be released? Oh, no idea, but it's all gone very quiet. So, I will watch that, though. I have no qualms in watching that, Ocean's 8. That film. sounds good. It's got a good cast. Sounds, yeah, exactly. Sounds fun. But where is it? Who knows? Um, let's move on to our segment to C or not to Z. Um, to Z. <laughs> where we talk about films that we have seen and recommend whether you should see them or whether you should not Z them. Um, I have seen a film called American Maid. Oh, because Tom Cruise is in because it. Because Tom Cruise is in it. Dave released, did my friend. Dave released. Did you even know Tom Cruise was in it? Yes, I did. Yes. Did you know that he was making a film called American Made? Because I've not heard any. There, there wasn't any marketing for this film, was there? Publicity? No. It's, it's publicity been pretty quiet. I've seen a poster or two, and, and the trailer was playing quite a lot in cinemas. But yeah, other than that, I, I, it's been very quiet. Surprisingly quiet. Um, Especially given it's Tom Cruise. Yeah. And I thought they would just hype it up a lot more. Because I knew it was coming. Because obviously, I, I keep an eye out for Tom Cruise trailers. But it kind of, I was surprised by like when I saw it was coming out this week. I, I thought it was. Uh, a few months away, um, so it's it's quite a change, different film for him. It's, so it's um he plays uh, a guy who basically gets um, involved with the CIA and with Pablo Escobar, and he's he's taking he's flying drugs in South America and guns, and he's um, also got a family life, and it's it's kind of a it's a little bit of a kind of madcap caper with uh, this guy getting away out of his depth. Um, it's it's not very yeah, so it's an unusual Tom Cruise performance I think it's, it's, I think it's a good Tom Cruise performance he's playing it with a kind of fairly thick southern accent it feels like a kind of film that Matthew McConaughey would do that's my best way of describing it um, I think he's great the film itself is fine I think it kind of replays the, the same beats a bit too much so it gets a little bit dull uh, towards the middle my biggest problem with it I guess is that Whilst Tom Cruise is great, there's no one else has really given anything much to do. So Donald Gleason's in it; okay. he barely gets to do anything. He probably is the second largest part, and, and he basically just gets to pull some funny faces occasionally. Uh, so I think if it had been more of an ensemble, or at least get some more kind of uh, fleshed-out characters, it would have been a lot better. But I think yeah, that it's... given that the lack of hype of this film, I don't think it'll be doing well in the box office anyway. No, so it got it got fairly mid. It didn't get really bad reviews. Most I think it wanted bad reviews, but it was mainly middling kind of three star I think so sometimes it's those middling films that are the ones that get left behind yeah no, I think it's gonna probably sink without trace um, it's a shame because I think it's, it's good performance but um, but yeah Tom Cruise really these days it's Mission Impossible or is his only really successful films but if, if it pushes the way to him to play more interesting characters than not just action men all the time I'm, I'm happy 
You seen anything uh, recently? Uh, so I saw this film Death Note on Netflix. Oh yeah. Um, so that's another uh, whitewashing, isn't it? Yeah. So they set it in um, America. Yeah. So to prevent all these whitewashing claims. So if you say in America, it'll be fine. Then yeah. Asians there. Because um, <laughs> originally anime, is it? Or- it's an anime, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then again, anime, you can't really tell where those characters are from, really. All, all those characters have usually have blonde hair, so you okay. kind of assume that they're Caucasian, anyway. Okay. Um, it stars Ned Wolf okay. from Paper Towns. I don't know whether you know of that. That's one of it, adaptation of the John Green novel. With Cara Delevingne as well. I've not seen it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and William Defoe. Okay. And it's about... The gist of the story is that there's this guy who discovered a notebook where if you write someone's name on it, the person will die in the next five minutes. Five minutes, okay. Or, yeah. or soon. Yeah. You can di- you can dictate when this person will die. Yeah. Really. Um. So, uh, this guy played by Nat Wolf, um, Light discovers this notebook. Okay. And starts, um, you know, first of all, he kills all the criminals out there. You know, killing all the gang members. But obviously, people are there. There'll be people who are unhappy with someone playing God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, imposing his will on onto the world so there is another guy who is out there to capture him to try and capture him right. so he ends up to be a battle of wits and that's what the anime is all about a battle of wits between the two characters okay. but this film was just rubbish okay fair enough yeah it basically ignored the essence the entire essence of this uh, anime both characters are incredibly dumb especially the main character right uh it's so stupid in this <laughs> film that you want to scream at him half the time for doing the dumbest thing. Okay. Whereas in the anime itself, which I've watched, he is really smart. He is, uh, you can see how he works things out. There is proper strategy in how how he thinks. And it's like a good cat and mouse. So it's fair to say you're not, uh, you're not recommending this one? Uh, you know, no, I think <laughs> you, could delete, you should delete it out from your Netflix menu if you could. Okay. Wow. I wasn't going to watch it anyway, but no, I definitely won't. Uh, <laughs> Especially well. with my glowing recommendation, Colin. Yeah, should I ch- should I check out the anime? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. I would recommend it if you like those kind of um, psychological thrillers. Kind yeah, it's of a things. fun, well, in- intriguing concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we move on to our main segment of the day, um, where we are talking about trilogies. Yes. Do you want to kick us off, Sejan? Yes. So I realized that after going through the list of trilogies that I've seen, yes, that I think many films are not trilogies by choice. Okay. As in, they weren't planned to be trilogies. It's just that they decided to make three films and the third film kind of sucked. Right. So they decided not to make any more films after that. Okay. And that tends to work for quite a few films. Like, for example, the Spider-Man trilogy, if you yes. call it that. Which you it wasn't planned to be a trilogy, definitely. No, the fourth one was in the works. Uh, listeners can... Go back and listen to our thoughts on the Spider-Man trilogy from a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. Yep. For example, uh, X-Men, I'm pretty sure yeah. it was going to be more than just three films. Even like the old films, I I think, I don't know where you've seen The Godfather. I, I've seen the first one, but not the other, the other two. I heard the third one was quite rubbish. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. It got nominated for Best Picture, but but, um, but yeah, widely regarded as... Uh, it was widely panned by, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, by critics. So I, I noticed <laughs> that there's a trend that okay. all these trilogies are not Technically, trilogies in the sense that they weren't planned to be ones, but they just ended as that. Yeah, I guess because you uh, if you've made a a really good third film, people want a fourth. So like the Toy Toy Story trilogy or something, they 
we're getting on fourth eventually. Yeah, that, that's how it tends to go. So there are obviously other films which were made to be trilogies. Oh yeah. Which are like the Lord of the Rings, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. because three books and all that, and as well as um, Chris, Christopher Nolan's Batman series, because he definitely wanted to just make three films. Hmm. Yeah, no, it works. Stuck. I guess it, yeah, it, uh, it's it's kind of a beginning, middle, end. It, 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 as a concept, it, it works nicely. The power of three. So. Yeah, for for some reason, I, I I don't know why. So that's why I always thought that my favorite trilogy is still the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. Yeah, and. Only because for me, it for me as I told you this before, it started the whole trend of trilogies in my book. Yeah, I remember significantly disagreeing with you on that point. But, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm still sticking with this point because it's blatantly untrue. No, I mean you've just mentioned the Godfather. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't planned. Okay, the, more, more about Back to the Future. There was definitely not planned to have three films. I'm pretty sure they wanted a fourth film. No, no. Filmed the two, second and third back to back. They were ready to go with just the two and three. Hmm. If anything, originally, uh, originally they were going to make one. So I guess you could say it wasn't originally planned to be three. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> so the only trilogy that is the <laughs> to talk about today okay. is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay, first but up, the- rank them, Zijan. Rank them for me. I know many people like the first film a lot, and I'm pretty yep. sure that's your favorite film as well, Colin. It is my favorite of the three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going. I'm going but one, three, I've two. I've seen one, three, two. I've seen the third film three times in the cinema after it came okay. out. Okay, okay. Yeah. I saw it twice in the cinema, but that's that's impressive. Yeah, so I would rank it three, one, two. I probably would have. So I think when I first saw the third one, and when well, on the second time, I really loved it, and I probably would have ranked it top. But I think having seen them again, that there's not really anything. I, I can't really fault the first one at all. I, don't, I can't really see any flaws. Or any, yeah. Any, well, that's not quite true, but any significant flaws. Whereas the third one, I think it's great, but there's some stuff in it. That I think, Urgh. Is it the multiple endings? No, I thought that was great, actually. I, I, as, as a big fan of the book, which has mm. got even more multiple endings. Multiple endings. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just like, well, is that it? Are they not going to go back to the Shire? Are they not going to find Saruman there? Are they not going to... There's all sorts of stuff that they've missed out. So I, um, no, it was more the kind of, I think the comedy didn't work as well in the third one. They kind of like push, pushed Gimli as too much of a comic character. Oh, it felt fast then. Yeah, the, the added storylines about Aragorn getting lost in a river or something, which wasn't in the book. That, that seemed a bit odd. <laughs> in a book that big and film, you got your, you kind of have to cut so much anyway. Why are you adding your own stuff in? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, and well, the, the Green Army, I wasn't in love with either. But that's a... <laughs> Some trivia. I've okay. only read the first two books. Weird. <laughs> I've actually not read the last book. Why Why not? I don't know. I just got, you know, bored. <laughs> well, Zijan, <laughs> on my list of 40 things to do before I hit 40 is read Lord of the Rings yes. in 24 hours. So you can join me in a uh, in that. Uh, <laughs> can I just read Harry Potter in 24 hours? No. Uh <laughs> Why not? I mean, you can. I'm not going to stop you. But how do you know that you're going to read? How is anyone going to count this? Uh, how I, is anyone going to measure this? With a, just like with s- a clock. Skim. I don't know. I'll, do, I'll live stream it. Can we quiz you after that? Well, I mean, I've read the book several times. So I'm not sure that the quizzing is the best way to do it. Um, uh, we can test you like page numbers and all that. Oh, yes. Because that, that, when people read books, they memorize what happens on each page. <laughs> that's, that's very, very true. So what was so significant about the Lord of Rings for me? was that I mean it was it, it was just an epic film you know it was three films Asian three films 
Yeah, epic three films. <laughs> That's what a trilogy is. Maybe we should have defined our terms more carefully. <laughs> yeah, that's why I like it. It just, it was so good to watch. You get so caught up in the moment. You get so caught, lost in the film. The characters are fantastic. Very well developed. The music, great. Um, Obviously the effects, groundbreaking. I think this is probably, I don't know about you, but the, the, for me the reason the second one is my least favourite is that it leans too heavily on, on the battles. And the battle scenes are, I say, groundbreaking stuff, but it's just a bit too much of that, I thought. Mm, yeah, and, I, I agree with you on that. There's not much um, character development. And, and because maybe, it, because it is planned as a trilogy, the second is very much, it has no beginning or end. Whereas if you look at a lot of kind of second parts, they don't know they're getting a third one. They need to, they weren't planning to do a second one at the start, so they need to, like Spider-Man 2, fair enough, it plays, yeah. plays forward a bit and you do look back a bit, but it's, it's totally self-contained. Uh, or at least you could watch it without watching the two and still be satisfied. It, it didn't follow the books exactly, did it? In, in terms of chronology order. Um, in the first film doesn't... So the first film I know follows the book completely to the end because it ends with uh, Boromir's death. But I think the second film, it didn't end where the book ended, uh, if I'm not, not mistaken. quite. No, I mean, the book's a bit different because rather than jump, jumping between different timelines, it kind of spends one one half doing one time and another half doing another time. In fact, more in the third book, I think. Um which obviously you can't... Well, you could do in a film, but it makes more sense to jump around. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, there's bits missed out. So things like Tom Bombadil doesn't feature in the first one. No one cares about Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadil's great. Uh, well, he isn't. <laughs> uh, but by and large... And the third film cut out, as I say, quite a lot at the end. But by and large, they, they didn't add too much stuff and, and there wasn't too much changed. you seen the extended versions? I tried to. Okay. It's too long. <laughs> I, I did a, in fact, a couple of times done a extended Lord of the Rings marathon all back to back. How long did that take you? Like four hours each film, right? So uh, a little bit. Well, a little bit less because the credits are so long. <laughs> I think we did it maybe 11 and a bit hours all told. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Where do you have all this time from, Colin? I was a younger man. Uh, let's go for Indiana Jones. Well, Indiana Jones is four films now. It's not, exactly. It's not a trilogy. Say, Star Wars is not a trilogy either. Well, Star, so many films Star Wars is uh, is multiple trilogies. You can probably still. It's more like a sexology. Yeah, I'd say Star Seven. Wars. Um, Septology. It's, it's, uh, there's the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. That's, that, that counts. Obviously, the the prequel, no, the prequel trilogy, no, sequel trilogy. Uh, this is a controversial viewpoint, Asia. <laughs> It, what was the it's, prequel? And it's not controversial at all. Everyone agrees with you. Literally, yeah, exactly. literally everyone. <laughs> literally everyone. Yeah, I, I've got to say, I've only seen Phantom Menace once, but that was truly atrocious. Um, and if if people are watching, I've also watched a Star Wars marathon, uh, although we did eat meals between them, so it wasn't quite a uh, watching all day. But uh, have we talked before, season about the machete order on this podcast? Uh, yes, it's a uh, horn. I know it skips number two and uh, number one. And you read, watch number two and three as flashbacks or something? Uh, yes. Yeah, so basically, you go four, five, two, three, six. So yeah, four, four and five to follow the the journey of Luke Skywalker for his potential move towards the dark side. And then you kind of, yeah, as you say, flashback to what happened to Anakin and a similar story. But it it works well in that um, some of the big reveals are made in better places. So the whole Luke Leia, our twins thing happens uh, much better that way. The uh, who is Yoda? What's going on there? Works a bit better. Yep. So. Uh, that's the order to watch me. Abandon one, watch four, five, two, three, six, and then you can bung seven on the end as well. Uh, what about the Wolverine trilogy? Uh, I like Logan, as you all know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've seen the second part of the Wolverine trilogy. 
I've only seen the first film and the last film, and I never particularly liked the first film in any way. But the, I think the third film is show, shows you how you should end a film series. Really, it's it's a weird choice, isn't it? Because it, it it's not doesn't feel like a trilogy at all. Mm. Um, well, in that I, sense, I, yeah. I've seen the second one, but I'd say it's probably even it's worse in different ways. It's just really boring. Um, I just don't care about any of the characters in it. But although there are three Wolverine films, they're all tied into the wider universe and come later. So X-Men Origins is just a huge mess where they're trying to build off the back of it, but also throw in new, throw in Gambit. They throw in a very weird version of Deadpool. And to some extent, Wolverine is very standalone. I mean, there's kind yes. of references to Jean Grey and whatever else, but it, it feels very standalone. And then, yeah, it's Logan, as you say, we did a podcast on. Logan works because it's a standalone film. It works because they know that it's ending and they're not going to drag it on anymore. Uh yeah, yeah yeah. That's why it compares compared to all the other half-hearted trilogies because they didn't know that it's going to end, so they try to add more stuff in it so that they can have a fourth film from it. And it, I say it just I, I can't think of any other trilogies which are all kind of basically a spin-off trilogy. I mean, I guess there are, or at least each one of them is a separate spin-off. So yeah, Logan was never promoted as a as a sequel to the Wolverine, was it really? Um, no, not 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 really. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't follow. It is in chronological order. It's just not. Well, it's, yeah. well almost. <laughs> I mean, it's barely, almost. barely the same timeline. But I suppose, I suppose, yeah, I suppose it's chronological. There's the Taken trilogy. Okay, I have seen none of them. Yep, uh, they're rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Good review. <laughs> Especially Taken Three. It was the worst show I've ever seen. One of the worst films I've ever well, seen. Well, that's uh, that's a bold claim. It's very bad. It's really, really bad. So, I, does he? Um, his, his daughter gets taken every single time. No, his daughter gets taken in the first film. His wife gets taken in the second film, and uh, the third film something happens. I can't remember now. It was just something happens. Pretty great. <laughs> um, fair enough. Uh, dear. Uh, have you ever seen the before trilogy? Um, before sunset. Before let me get the right order. Before sunrise. Before sunset. Before midnight. I think that's the order. I uh, know, that's quite an old film series, isn't it? Well, it's weird. There's, there's a huge gaps between them. Um, so before Midnight was 2013, but the first one was probably early noughties. Hmm. Have you seen those? No? no. No, none of them. So again, I guess it's a great example of what you're saying about there wasn't a plan to be a trilogy because it was definitely made as a standalone. <laughs> and it's, it's Richard Linklater who directed it. Um, and it's e- oh, okay. Ethan Hawke and uh, Julie Delpy, I think. And and basically because they're friends and they, they know each other, kind of, they made this film as a really standalone and then uh, how many years later decided you know what I, we, well, let's, I like these characters let's see them again yep. and then similarly so I'm just checking to see the um, how big a gap there was yeah so before fact, wow okay I got my dates a bit wrong so before Sunrise the first one was 1995 uh, then the next one was 2004 then the third one was 2013 so you really get to see you know, this. but the, the first one before Sunrise is basically an American tourist and a French girl um, played by Ethan Hawke and Judy Delpy respectively, uh, and they meet, I think it's Vienna they're in. Basically, they just meet by, by chance on a train and spend the night together and, and fall in love. And you kind of get you get, you get kind of get left on a bit of a cliffhanger, but mm-hmm. but you never get the feeling that they're trying to resolve it. Um, but uh, okay. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's kind of, so it's a will they or won't they, but with the kind of, let's leave it ambiguous, but then you catch up with them nine years later and you find out what's happened to them. And I won't spoil it, but it's not as simple as, Oh yeah, they got together and everything was fine. Um, and then again, before midnight, you get to see what happened late in their relationship. And um, the first one is, is absolutely lovely. It's it's a wonderful film. Um, I think the other two are fine, but 
kind of stretch how much you care. Well, you kind of care about characters, but the kind of they, the stuff they do is a bit unrealistic, and you kind of think, well, I, I, I just really unsympathetic in some ways. You think, well, this is just you wanted a moment of drama, so this person's got really angry, but you can't really see why they've got angry. So, um, but yeah, very unconventional trilogy, and, and um, yeah, it's nice to kind of just see films that are made because the people making them like these characters and these stories, as opposed to we want to make lots of money or whatever else. Because I'm sure, I mean, they've made reasonable amounts of money, but they're not big budget films by any stretch of imagination. So who knows? The uh, second one, I've only got a second one open, but budget was two point seven million dollars, so it's tiny, really. Um, Very tiny compared to anything that's being shown right now. Yeah. So we might see them again. Um, but I say there's nine years and then uh, and then another nine year gap between them so it could be a while well 2022 five years to the next one probably. what else you got uh, the Jurassic Park trilogy okay. the original one obviously with all these kind of films with um, gigantic dinosaurs roaming the only way you can make it more interesting as you go along <laughs> is basically either making the dinosaurs bigger okay. which they attempted to in Jurassic Park 3 I've never seen that one, but sure. Have you not? Uh, or yeah, because it's going to be the same story, you know. People go on an island, people get eaten by dinosaurs. You thought they'd stop eventually. Story. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. So <laughs> you you run out of things to say about. So you need to to be able to hook people in. You just have to introduce different dinosaurs, which they tried to brought the T Rex into America, which they did to give a different setting. Yes. Because if not, it's yeah, going to be yeah. an island. Because they went back to the island again in Jurassic Park three. So just keep going back. Yeah, back to the same island. It's not like it's like they've not learned their lesson or anything. <laughs> I, but I, I, because there's quite a gap again between two and three, wasn't there? There was quite a gap. They got Sam New to come back again to reprise his role um, as Doctor Allen okay. uh, in the third film. But yeah, it just didn't work as well. Partly because some of the characters are very annoying in that film. Because didn't they bring back a bunch from the first film? That one. Uh just Doctor uh, Sam New. Okay. Uh, Sam Grant uh, Alan Grant <laughs> yeah Doc- Sam Neill playing Dr. Alan Grant didn't uh, what's her name um, uh, the woman who is now she's got a role uh, Laura Dern she, wasn't she back for it as well I don't recall her being in no, it uh, but I saw the second one before I saw the first one I thought it was pretty decent it was oh, she could be in it nice yeah. slightly uh, different angle to take the T-Rex ate a dog the dog <laughs> yeah the T-Rex ate a dog in it fair enough uh, Vince Vaughn is in the second one. This is Richard Schiff. Um, how about the uh, the Men in Black trilogy? So, oh wow! So uh, the first one, everyone loves. Even you, hater of Will Smith, must enjoy Men in Black. Yeah, the first one was very um, fun. Yeah, kind of. It's a new concept. Well, well, it wasn't that new, but I did Aliens Among Us, and it was playing as a comedy film. And Will Smith was the kind of the height of his uh, Fresh Prince powers and just hitting the blockbuster world. So yep. that film was actually huge. Men in Black 2, kind of garbage. Um, very forgettable, I thought. It is kind of garbage. I remember almost nothing about it. But, um, and then, cause, Well, at the end of the first one, they kind of set it up for a sequel, didn't they? But with his new partner, and then they changed it around. They brought back Tommy Jones. The third one, 10 years later, 2012, felt like it kind of it missed the boat a little bit. I mean, no, no one was crying out for Men in Black 3 at that stage. No, I thought it was better than Men in Black 2. Definitely. I think the time travel element, so for those who haven't seen it, they jump back in time to see a young Tommy Lee Jones as played by Josh Brolin, who does a really good Tommy Lee Jones impression. <laughs> he does. Uh, they look quite similar as well. Yeah, well, he he, he played, he played um, George W. Bush. He managed to look a lot like him as well back in the day. So uh, clearly Josh Brolin, a chameleonic 
uh, abilities. Yeah, it's a, it, 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 I don't know. I don't think it was a complete flop, but it sank a little bit. And no one's crying out for a fourth one. I don't think we're going to get one. But, uh, yeah, who knows, right? When Will Smith runs out of money again. Yeah, well, once once the Suicide Squad uh, money stops rolling, he's badly in need of a hit. He's, uh, he's Will Smith. Well, what was the last film? Uh, before, uh, before Suicide Squad, he was doing After Earth, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He did, anyway. he did that really weird one uh, around Christmas where Kieran Knightley and people try and convince him he was crazy when he was meeting love, death and hope or something. Anyway. Oh, yeah, it's called something weird. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Well, anyway, it's Will Smith, so I don't Detailed like analysis of that film. Um, we don't know the title or the characters, but it was pretty weird. What else you got? Uh, your favorite film series of all time, right? The Back to the Future series. Oh, yes. I'd say it probably is my favorite trilogy. Diminishing Returns, I'd rank them 1, 2, 3. Uh, but still yes, all I would rank great. them 1, 2, 3 as well. Uh, yeah, it's just... Well, what do you like about them? Uh, I love the... Oh, I love Michael J. Fox's Martin McFly. It's just a great performance. Um, it's a great blend. It's, it's, it's funnier than you remember. I think every time I see it, I think, oh, this is funnier than I remember it being. Uh, great. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd's brilliant as well. But it's, yeah, it's very funny. It's quite a simple concept as it goes, um, mm-hmm. particularly for a time trial. They play into some paradoxes. and But the, the idea, kid's got to go back in time and get his parents back together. That's, yep. You can write the old, you can write it on the back of a stamp. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, for, for sci-fi, it's not too sci-fi. Is no, you kind of you're not. It's not robots and aliens and stuff. It's well, you have hoverboards, right? So you do have hoverboards in both videos too, and three uh, D Jaws. Yes, Jaws twenty, directed by Max Spielberg. Uh, but it's a great cast, great script, great directing. Um, it's great fun. I don't. I can't from the life of me remember what happened in the third film. I know there was a train. Third one, they go back to the old west. I think this is the one that people tend not to like so much. I, I still like it, but it's definitely a drop off. But um, Crystal Lloyd or Doc, Doc Brown falls in love with. Clara oh Clayton. yeah, remember that now? Yes, That's played by Mary Steenburgen, uh, and you're right. They they have to go back with the train, but it, it's quite a simple kind of. In, in all three of them, they kind of set up. Here's where we're going. Here's the problem we've got to overcome. Then they overcome it. It's it's a fairly uh, standard dynamic, I guess. But um, yeah, Michael J. Fox is just so good in those films, and I'm glad they didn't keep going. I guess there was a TV series that I've never seen, cartoon series, but um, I saw a cartoon series. It was quite fun. Oh yeah. For an 80s film, it's not too 80s as well. You see a lot of 80s films. I mean, something like, like Breakfast Club or something, which I like a lot, but it still feels very, very dated. Whereas even even though Breakfast Club has got kind of weird references to Pepsi Free and whatever else that no one understands these days, uh, it doesn't feel that dated. How about the Bridget Jones trilogy? No, that's <laughs> a trilogy that, again, definitely was not intended to be a trilogy. Um, definitely not. I thought... Um, I, yeah, I thought they were going to stop after the second one because the second one had very bad reviews as, as well, didn't it? Uh, yeah, so the second one was pretty bad. Um, I mean, it wasn't unbearable, but it was a huge drop-off. So the f- first one, I think it's a really good film. Is it, I think it played up the parallels to Prime and Prejudice, which was which was a good idea. Because uh, the, the BBC's Prime and Prejudice had been quite a while. But was, I think it was 95 and this film was 2001. So it was a while ago, but still kind of vaguely in people's memories. And Colin Firth wasn't the huge star that he was going to be, so he still basically Mr. Darcy for... To, to the audiences um, but yeah the second one just didn't have it basically retold the first one but worse so it had the same beats it had the oh is Daniel Cleaver is played by Hugh Grant is he a nice guy is he not a nice guy and the third one doesn't have Hugh Grant in it as well so that helps yeah although I, he he turned it down because he didn't like the script or um, at that point which is fair enough but I, I, yeah the third one I think it's, it's only not as good as the first one but a bit of a return 
to form. It was written by Emma Thompson, who knows what she's done. Yeah. And he was also in Men in Black 3, now I come to think of it. Oh, really? Mm. I think Alice Maybe, Eve, maybe Emma Thompson is the one <laughs> you need to get to write your yes. third film if your second one tanked. I mean, I don't think she wrote Men in Black 3, but... Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you think of any tr- trilogy ending films that didn't feature Emma Thompson? No, there are none. Plenty. <laughs> Basically all the others. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if we get more budget. Don't Again, it was a weird one that no one was really expecting a third one to happen. It was 12 years after the second one. It's, yep. it's quite like Men in Black 3 in that respect. And, uh, you got any more? Yeah, loads. Keep going. Uh, there's the Toy Story trilogy for now. There is, although... Uh, Technically, it's not anymore. Should we should we leave that for a, a Toy Story specific episode or or Pixar yeah. specific episode? Uh, we've done it. Yeah, we have. we've done the Pixar specific. Episode. We have. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, what else is there? You we can do the Cornetto film trilogy. Okay. Starring our good old Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Same same director, same two leads at least, um, and lots of kind of nods. That that was that was a very f- fun concept of a trilogy, wasn't it? Because it wasn't traditionally a trilogy. Like, there's different characters. Yes. But, um, apparently, they originally were planning, or I don't know how much they thought about it, but were planning to do a, the same characters in a different scenario, like Sean has to take on uh, aliens or something. Um, it would be quite funny, though. Yeah, I think it's I think it's better the way they did it because it meant they could branch out into different characters, different scenes, things like so. Different whilst, um, yeah, different genres. Yeah, yeah. And whilst the third one isn't my favourite, I think you do get to see a bit more from Simon Pegg in that one. Yeah. Yeah, the third one's not my favorite either. The one's the, yeah, my least favorite. So it's because I feel it's quite a British sense of humor, and I've known people who who aren't British. Like so an American friend of mine really doesn't like it. Well, any of the films? Well, Shaun of the Dead in particular. I don't, I'm not sure if you've seen the others. But, I love Shaun of the Dead. It's my favorite. Yeah, me too. That's great. <laughs> but I, and I like that. Yeah, even though they are completely different characters and things, there's nods like the whole kind of have you never taken a shortcut before happens in all of them. And um, shall we go for? Sorry, I've really got it. Did you have any more to say about that? Well, we've we've whistled past it, but I see. I know we're yeah, running a bit we short on time. Right. Yeah, we're running short. I'll quickly just cover Night at the Museum. That's a fun trilogy. Ben Ben Stiller plays a museum guard, and the museum and the museum comes to life. To be honest, I think I say it's a fun trilogy. The first one is is quite a lot better than the other two. I think. It's, it's, they do it in different museums every single time, don't they? They do, and then they go to London. A lot of things. A lot of things go to London when they're running out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to London Museum recently as well. Um, yeah, it's quite boring. I, if those things come alive, I'll be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but good for it, you. But I, I, I love I guess trilogies or sequels certainly. I guess trilogies as well. Feel they have to go bigger each time, and so it's a little bit kind of well, exactly the same thing happens as in the first one, but more so. And that's that's not the way to do a trilogy. I think it's interesting that um, James Gunn recently was talking, talking about. Um, I think he was actually talking about a different film, but kind of talking about so it wasn't Guardians, but his 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 idea of how sequels should do should work is like don't try and top the previous one, try and evolve the previous one. It's not even something like Back to the Future. Obviously, it was all kind of time travel trying to solve things, but they kind of rather than just going back to the same thing and solving something different, they did evolve the structure. Now, Zijan, I know that you haven't enjoyed my uh, fake trilogies, which will almost certainly largely be cut out from this this podcast, so people might be confused. Yeah, they better be. But surely, surely, even you will enjoy my Robin Crow. Sorry, Russell Crowe fails to launch a franchise trilogy of Master and Commander, Robin Hood, and the Mummy. Um, are you sure the Mummy is not going to be a franchise? Because I'm pretty sure it is. Well, there's still time. Yeah, the amount um, I put so much effort into this. Oh well, the world will never know. You can put it in another 
Yeah, you know? some of the time. Well, the thing is, we are running out of time. We are. Uh, well, in, especially there's the Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Well. What a great, what a great segue into Actor Factor. Do you remember when you used to do a jingle for Actor Factor? Yeah, we used to do that. Uh, we should do that again. Yeah, maybe we should bring bring it back. Um, what? Actor Factor, Actor Factor, Actor Factor, Actor Factor. There you go. Um, good jingle. <laughs> so, how many Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise? I love Tom Cruise. How many, how many Tom Hanks <laughs> films have you seen, Zijan? Fourteen. I have seen thirty. Of course, you have. <laughs> that includes uh, includes the Toy Story trilogy. Um, yes. Do you want to kick us off? Uh, which one? My favorite Tom Hanks film. Go for it. Be Toy Story three. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. It's good. There you uh, go. <laughs> Comprehensive review. <laughs> Yeah, well, because back back to the same story again that we're going to go through the trilogies yeah. again. Cut that one. What's, yeah. your, what's your second favourite? My second favourite? If it's is... Toy Story, then we're going to go to your third favourite. <laughs> and if that's Toy Story 2, we're going to go to your fourth favourite. <laughs> what's your favourite non-Toy Story Tom Hanks film? Yes. Oh, that's quite difficult, though. I've, I like so many of his films. He does it's some, very hard to he write. He does some them. great films. Um, I'm going to name... Yeah, I think... I don't think I hate any of his films. Okay. List. Yeah, there, there's none which is... Stands out is really, really bad or in any way whatsoever. Um, um, oh, sorry, sorry, Susan. The Da Vinci yeah. Code and Angels and Demons. They're not bad They're films. Terrible, terrible uh, films. <laughs> well, I think so bad. So I think my first exposure to Tom Hanks was uh, Forrest Gump. Uh yep, same probably. Yep. Yeah, back in nineteen ninety four, I think. That's when it came out. Yep, I think so. Yeah, and. I mean, did, like, did you see it when it Tom, came? Did you see it when it came out? Uh, I don't think so. No. I think I would be too young to understand I was, Tom. I was going to say, uh, I thought so, but yeah, okay. Forrest Gump, with, yeah, especially he deals with quite some heavy stuff like AIDS and all that, right? Yeah, I must say, I, I can't remember when I watched it, but the first time I watched it, I didn't understand. Like, I, I had no idea. Like there was yeah AIDS and yeah, the Jenny's father was raping her and stuff, stuff like that. I had absolutely no idea that was going. on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I knew that he knew how to play table tennis, and he was running around with a beard. He, he ra- yes, he ran a lot, and uh, and he liked shrimp. Oh. Yeah, he likes shrimp a lot. Yeah, that's all I remember from it. But uh, Tom Hanks always has this earnest um, guy next door. You know, kind of he has this kind of persona. Yeah. All his films. Every man, nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Every man, nice guy, and all his films catered to that. Yeah, it's weird. You're, 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 I think you're right. I'm just looking at the list, and there's some where he kind of breaks the model a little bit. So only a little bit. So like, like Captain Phillips is obviously a kind of a, more of an authority figure, something like that. But yeah, he's he's. I'm trying to. Think, I'm looking at this. List, the only one I think he played in something even close to a bad guy would be uh, Road to Perdition, where he in fairness plays a hitman, but he's kind of a. Well, I think well, maybe not hitman. Sorry, not uh, a mafia guy. But even then, he's yeah. kind of played as a sympathetic mafia guy. He's looking after his kids. Yeah, I can I just cannot see Tom Hanks as a bad guy. You know. Yeah, it'd be interesting. To what, see what, what's he going to do? Like. Uh, Charm you to death. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I saw The Circle, which I mentioned um, you know, to see or not to Zed a while ago, but he, he plays a bad guy in that, I guess. It's, um, just slightly spoilers, it's... but not really. Um, Cloud Atlas, he no doubt played a bad guy because he played all kinds of people. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's all his films that he is in, he, he he's always seems to be the hero. Yeah. In fact, the whole list, even well, almost this whole list. He's the lead. Even going back to the, like the first like splash and big, which is very young. He was he was already playing leads by that point. There's a couple of them. So there's a film called um, That Thing You Do, which I think is really good fun. I enjoyed that. As on it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. Where basically he plays a band manager, so he's not the lead in that one. But because um, there's a song called That Thing You Do, which I had no idea was made 
for this for, the, for film? that film. Yeah, I kind of. Well, I didn't know that either. That's that's a good trivia. Yeah, because I, I knew the song. I think well, that's a really good song. But yes, it's a it's a fun film. Uh, it's it's not conventional in that every point where you think there's going to be drama, there isn't. So like there's one guy who breaks his hand and therefore can't drum with the band, and you think he's going to have this kind of huge anger or vendetta or or going to go into alcoholism or something. And he's basically just like, oh, never mind, guys. All the best. And that's it. It felt a bit like Chef in that they kept being bits where I thought, oh, it's all going to kick off now. And then it didn't. But it's still fun. It's nice. Yeah, what's Chef? Chef, the uh, John Favreau film. Where he... Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Tom Hanks in it. No, no, not at all. I'm just like, comparing it as a as a film in which there is literally no drama in the entire ah, film. Yeah, um, nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this feels a bit like that in his budget. I mean, it's stuff that the band gets big and whatever, but it's a uh, there's no kind of falling out in my view. He's just so likable, though. Yes. He is, isn't he? Who doesn't he like Tom Hanks? Um, in fact, the Simpsons movie he's in, I think he even says that he is was he the second most trusted person in America or something after April Winfrey. Some, I'm not surprised though. Some polar like, other, yeah. Yeah, I'm still not surprised if that's that's a true that's true or not. Yeah, it's 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 Tom Hanks. It's Tom Hanks. Uh, Catch Me If You Can I think we've probably talked about it before but I love that film uh, again he's not the lead in that one but he plays the FBI agent who's trying to track down Leo DiCaprio as uh, a con man that's great Spielberg is kind of at his most uh, classy he's kind of it's, uh, it's, not a, it's not a heavy film at all but it's kind of most stylish Spielberg film I would say um, yeah does Tom Hanks do heavy films he does right well Philadelphia was all about AIDS uh, that yep. was very big. He he's, uh, he he got AIDS, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won his. Uh, he, he came. That was he won the Oscar for best actor, and then won Forrest Gump the next year, becoming only the second actor to win back to back best actor Oscars. After Who's the first one? Spencer Tracy. Thank you for oh. asking that, so I could demonstrate some more knowledge. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, okay, so so my least favorite is Angels and Demons. Do you have a least favorite? Uh well, I suppose. It has to be angels and demons. Excellent. Right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the thing is, I can't, I can't fault any of his other films. I mean, they are all enjoyable, more or less, in some way or another. I have Saving Private Ryan, which I love as well. I thought it was a great film. Okay. Uh, the Terminal. Yeah, I didn't like the ending to that. I thought. Yeah, you know, uh, he left in the end, right? He left Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, cause apparently they reshot the ending because people thought it was too schmaltzy. So I imagine the original ending was he and Catherine Zeta Jones have a romantic liaison, but um, but now he just goes to a club, gets a signature, and goes back home again. But it's good, good cast because young Zoe Saldana, one of her earlier roles in there. Yeah. Yep, very young Zoe Saldana. Mm. Uh, but you know, it was just a very nice film. That's why you expect Tom Hanks to be in. It's just yeah, Stanley Tucci's good. Um, nice film. Yeah. Uh, Castaway, we've talked about. But that's a, that's a great film. I love that film. Um, Saving Mr. Banks, we've talked about as well. When Emma Thompson. Yeah, that's okay. I wouldn't necessarily watch it again. Um, Bridge of Spies. Have you seen it? I have. Um, it was, it, was good. it was a bit ponderous. I thought it was. It was ponderous. <laughs> it really was ponderous. Yeah. Um, there's some, there's a few pretty good scenes, and Mark Rylance is very good in it. I thought he's had a great performance. But uh, overall, not one of the more compelling spy no. films I've seen. There is, of course, his trilogy with Meg Ryan. Um, yes. Joe vs. the Volcano, Steve's in Seattle, and You've Got Mail. Um, I saw Joe vs. the Volcano for the first time. Uh, earlier this year or maybe last year uh, it's a lot different to those other two and she's not in it that- well, with- she plays like four different characters in it um, all with different hair okay uh, which was unexpected and, and it's never explained <laughs> it's just some of the girl turns up and it's Meg Ryan again because I-, I saw it and thought 
the first time she arrived, I thought, oh, that's Meg Ryan. I was expecting her to be in this more because that's just a really small character. And then she turned up again and again. I was like, ah, okay. She is in it more. Fair enough. Mm. Weird. Oh, Meg Ryan, she used to be the big thing. Yeah. In fact, they have been in the fourth film together, which I've not seen. I think called Ithaca. I could be wrong. Which she directed, um, came out last year. Didn't do anything at all. Which would you prefer? Which do you prefer? Slipless in Seattle or You've Got Mail? I actually prefer You've Got Mail, controversially. Um, mm. That is controversial. I think it's a little bit cheesier, but I think it, I saw it before. But it seems Seattle, I always thought it was a bit weird and that they kind of fall in love without meeting. Um, you've got Mel, you get a bit more seeing their, their story. So for people who haven't seen it, um, this, this is going to date it. Uh, they get in touch over AOL Instant Messenger. Um, yes. And they, they anonymously... They meet on the Empire State Building, right? Uh, that's Sleepers in Seattle. Uh-huh. Yep. So, see, I confused both of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, they meet in the park. But they, they, they're kind of rivals in real life in in bookstores, in fact. Um, but they kind of anonymously get to know each other online and they discover that it's the same person. But it's a remake of the... Uh, well, it's an adaptation of a play, but it was made as a Jimmy Stewart film called The Shop Around the Corner um, many years before. But yeah, I think they're, they're both fun. Oh, there's a couple of great scenes in Sleeps in Seattle, but I prefer You've Got Mail, I'd say. Hmm. Right, um, we've spent far too long talking about Tom Hanks. We've spent far too long on this podcast, to be fair. Don't worry, I'm going to have to cut. I'm going to be cutting loads of it out anyways, Asia. We'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> uh, Next time. Next time, um, who are we going to be? Uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen? Ah, Green Hornet himself. Exactly. Just to give a different, you know, different list of films to talk about. Let me write that down. Um, and now we go into our quiz. Uh, which you have chosen the topic this time, and it is Catherine Bigelow. Have you seen any of the Catherine Bigelow films? No. <laughs> <laughs> Neither have I, so really? this could be a very low-scoring film. A uh, low I've, scoring had, I've had a Zero Dark Thirty recorded, ready to watch for a long time, but, but not got around to it. Uh, Chris Pratt is in it, though. I sure watched yeah, it. Yeah, you love Chris Pratt. Okay, go for it. So question one from me is, which of the films directed by Catherine Bigelow was produced by and had a story written by her ex-husband, James Cameron. Um, I would say that that would be... I, and I'm saying this very slowly because I'm sure I read this today when I was looking this up, but I've already forgotten. Uh, was it K-19, The Widowmaker? No, it's Strange Days. Okay, I didn't know that. For enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, which of her films had the working title For God and Country? For God and Country? Mm. Wow. Hmm. Is it Zero Dark Thirty? It is Zero Dark Thirty. Good work. Oh, wow. Um, question two from me is, uh, in the film Point Break, starring Keanu Reeves, a string of bank robberies are committed by a gang of surfers going by white name. Ooh. It's a bit going to be difficult if you haven't seen the film before. Yeah. All right, let me keep you up here. I'm sure I've heard this, to be honest, but um, I can't think what it... It's referenced in uh, Hot Fuzz, if I'm right. Um... Uh, no, no, the the surfing gang. I <laughs> They're kind of ex-presidents. Yes, because they wear the masks. Wear masks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there are four. There are at least four actors in the Hurt Locker who have also had roles in the MCU. Name two of them. <laughs> uh there is Anthony Mackie. Yes, and Jeremy Renner. Very good. Very good. Straight off. Uh, Evangeline Lilly and Guy Pearce are also in it. Just, uh, okay. Question three from me is, The Hurt Locker is Catherine Bigelow's most successful film to date, but what exactly is A Hurt Locker? Um, ooh. 
uh, some sort of bomb disposal thing. Is that exactly, is that exactly <laughs> enough way? No, it's actually uh, GI slang for a severe injury. Oh, so really? some place you don't want to be in a hurt locker, you get, you know, got hit a mine okay. in a hurt locker because you don't want to be in that situation. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, okay. Uh, which film stars Jamie Lee Curtis as Megan Turner? Uh, that is Blue Steel. Blue Steel, three from three. Doing very well here. <laughs> I, I done my Wikipedia research very well. Yeah. Uh, question four for me is uh, Zero Dark Thirty won the Academy Award for Best Sound Editing tying with which other film making it the first tie since 1994 there are uh, no ties in Academy Awards Colin Zero Dark Thirty yeah. you um, only won one Oscar anyway so did, did you give me a year or uh, it's you don't uh, have to that's fine I mean I've got no idea um, it tied with Iron Man 3. <laughs> it tied with Skyfall. Fine. Uh, question four for you. In the film K-19, The Widowmaker, mm-hmm. by the way, I've already lost, I think. Um, yes, what, I know. what is K-19? That's a submarine, isn't it? It is a nuclear submarine. Four from four. Let's see if I can get any points at all. <laughs> uh, question five for me is, name the only... Question five? What's my... Question five, yes, right? It is question five. Wow, I've got four wrong. Good. Carry on. Name the only feature film for which Catherine Bigelow has an acting credit in it. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Steel. No, it's called Born in Flames. Is it really? Yes, Colin. Okay, let's see if you can make a 5 0 victory, which I think would be the first time that's happened. What is a point break? Uh, it's a surfing term, isn't it? It is for, a surfing term. For uh, something to do with the tides. Because I think it's a bit more specific than that. Can I get four and a half out of five? <laughs> it's the it's the place where waves hit a point of land or rocks jutting out from the coastline. Yeah. So four or five out to zero. That's quite comprehensive. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, next time. Uh, with Blade Runner 2049 coming up, we will be quizzing on film adaptations of Philip K. Dick books. Oh, they're actually making a TV series of his um, books as well. They are, Electric yeah. Dreams. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Um, what's our main topic next time, Zijia? Uh Is this about Kingsman? It is. <laughs> we are going to talk about the Kingsman sequel. Excellent. I look forward to it. Bye. Bye-bye. What an ending. Good luck editing this, man. Thanks.